Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Amen. Well, I'm going to help you with your new thing today. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is going to help you. Amen. Praise God. But you know, you have to believe God. You have to believe, you have to read the word, and then you have to believe it. You have to believe it with unshakable faith. I'm going to say that again. You have to believe it with unshakable faith. Everybody can stand when the sun is shining. <laughs> I'll tell you, everybody know the Lord when the sun is shining. <laughs> Amen. Everybody can do it. When the sun is, it's when the pressure's on. Have you ever had any pressure? <laughs> Amen. You got to be able to overcome pressure. He said you have to believe in your new thing. You have to live without doubting God. Amen. I said a mouthful there. You have to live without doubting God. If you want to go to the highest level, Amen. You know, in order to open those Red Seas, somebody had to believe Him. We'll say that again. In order to open that Red Sea, somebody they didn't open until somebody believed God. The walls of Jericho didn't fall down. Somebody got to believe God. You got to believe in your divine intervention. You have to believe in the love of God so much that you know He's going to intervene in your situation. You got to have faith in God. Amen. I came to talk about tongues this morning, but I may be end up preaching on faith. <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe God. You got to believe God. You got to believe in your miracle. You got to believe God loves you so much he's going to intervene. Joshua had to believe God. God said, I'm going to be with you like I was with Moses. Because if he's not with you like he's with Moses, you can't accomplish your assignment. Amen. <laughs> you cannot accomplish your assignment unless he's with you, but you got to believe that he's there, but you got to believe he's going to intervene. Amen. Amen. If you want something changed in your life and it's beyond human hands to change it, then you're going to have to believe for an ability for, from another realm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And your Bible is full of ability from another realm. Come on now. Actually, that realm belongs to us. Yeah. Amen. And now we're having to learn how to be spiritual all over again. Yeah. Come on now. God created us spiritual. Now we're having to learn all over how to be spiritual. Amen. And part of being spiritual is living by the spirit of faith. That God is never going to give you assignment that you can do by yourself. He's never going to give you an assignment that you can do without him. Jesus went on to say, without me, you can do nothing. So if you don't have him, guess what you're doing? Boy, y'all real smart. This class is going to go to the top. I can tell it right now. Amen. You don't try to do anything without Jesus. He went online and said, without, that's John chapter 15. I am the vine. Amen. And you are the branches. Amen. If you ever seen a tree, he means I am the main trunk. Amen. And the branches, 
Amen. Come out of the main trunk. And if a branch ever gets cut off from the main trunk, it's just a matter of time. Somebody say a matter of time. It's just a matter of time because the branch can be cut off and still be green that day. Just that day. Amen. But if you come back a week later, you say somebody cut that branch off. <laughs> that branch got disconnected. Amen. So the whole objective is always stay connected with Jesus. You never run away from God. All Have your face pointed to him and always running to him. Amen. Always moving to the Lord. Let's look over here in John chapter 15. We may go on faith today. You got to believe God. You got to have unshakable faith. You can't have wavering faith. Praise God. If you're going to see miracles and you're going to see God move in your life, and we've been talking about miracles, miracles is nothing but God intervening in your situation. That God's do, God decides to step in and perform an act in your situation to turn it from what the enemy planned for bad, God turns it for you. Do you need some turn this morning? <laughs> Do you need some turn? I don't care what it is. Is it financial? I don't care if it's physical. I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's health. God can turn it. <laughs> Actually, he already turned it. You just need to receive your new thing. <laughs> you just need to believe and receive it. Amen. Hey, we may go somewhere today. I don't know. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> John chapter 15, I want you to see that without him, you can do nothing. I didn't want to spend my whole life doing nothing. Amen. I didn't want to spend my whole life doing nothing. The sad thing about doing nothing, sometimes it appears like you're accomplishing something. And you can spend years of your life doing nothing while you think you're accomplishing something. The only time you're accomplishing something is when you're living by every word that comes out of God's mouth. And I always give my testimony. I was 22 years old, and up until that point in time, sometimes you get in, you get in your teenage years, especially late on in your teenage years, probably high school, you start get feeling like you've grown. Because somebody might hand you a car, a set of keys to drive a car, and, and you've been walking. You've been footing it all up to that point, <laughs> thumbing and trying to get right, get to places. But all of a sudden, when you get a set of keys, you can go anywhere pretty much you want to. And you can go somewhere feeling like you're going somewhere, but you ain't doing nothing. Because... The places you should be are the places God ordained for you to be. I remember when I got those keys, I kept showing in all the wrong places. Now I know it now. I was showing in all the wrong songs and, all, and seeing all the wrong faces. <laughs> Do I have a witness in here? Has anybody ever been in sin before? <laughs> sin means you just going in the wrong places with the wrong faces, doing the wrong things. That's all this sin is. And my Bible said all have sinned. So y'all say amen up in here. Don't act like you've been in all the right places. 
Don't act like you've been keeping it 100. <laughs> if you need to hear that message, you go back on the website. I'm not going to preach 100 today. <laughs> but I wasn't keeping it like that. The greatest revelation of your life is when you realize life ain't going nowhere. Amen. Because as long as you think it is, you keep driving. You'll keep driving in the wrong direction until something happens to let you know that this ain't working. Amen. This is not working. This is not bringing the peace I was looking for. This is not bringing the joy I was looking for. This is not bringing the satisfaction I was looking for. This is bringing something totally different. And it's a blessing from God when you get to that place. Because that's the place where you put on brakes. Wait a minute. Amen. And I thank God for my mother always taking me to church because when I realized I was going the wrong direction, I knew that I could pull over. Right. <laughs> I had enough in me, amen, that I knew I could pull off the side of the road and Jesus would become my GPS. Amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I knew that if I called him, I learned that anytime you call him, he's coming. Praise God. The Bible said they that call upon the Lord. It didn't say who they were. It said whosoever they that call upon the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. Amen. So whatever you're going through, he can turn it at that point. You just got to pull off the side of the road and say, Jesus. Amen, amen. They, 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 they just called it Alexa now. They, but, but, but it's really Jesus. <laughs> they just changed the name of the thing. It's really Jesus. Have mercy on me. And the moment you call him, the moment you call him, intervention starts. And he begins to redirect your course. And, and the course he puts you on is called the path of the righteous. What happens on the path of the righteous? It just keeps getting brighter and brighter. The darkness begins to dissipate. The confusion begins to dissipate. Amen. Praise God. The misdirection begins to move out of your life. Peace begins to become. Amen. Depression leaves. Suicidal thinking leaves. Darkness leaves. And it just keeps getting brighter and brighter. Do I have a witness in here? Has it ever been dark for you? But Jesus turned on the light for you. But then you ought to give him some praise because you didn't want to kill yourself no more. You didn't want to go crazy no more. God moved when you called. The Bible is true. I called him and he came. That means, this, that means this thing works. Amen. It works. Yes, it does. It worked for me. Well, praise God. I got a witness over here. It worked for me. Jesus showed up just like he said he would show up. <laughs> yes, he did. He set me on a different course. Amen. You in John chapter 15? We better look at that. John chapter 15. 
He says here in verse one. Oh, man, this is good. Oh, man, come on. Praise God. John chapter 15. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, I am the true vine. Oh, man, that means if he said he's true vine, it means must be some false vines out there. That means you can connect to you. you can get connected to something. Come on now. That means you can get your connected to something that's not going to produce. Yes, you can. That means you can spend time connected because something can promise you that it's going to produce. True vine promises productivity, increase, fruit, and production, and then produces it. And when you get in that, you're living high. No? You're living good. But a false vine has got to be a vine that's going to promise you peace, joy, happiness, thrill, excitement. And then once you get hooked up, it can't produce. You got to watch what's going to tell you this is going to be great. This is going to be good. This love is going to be forever. Now, see, nah, 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 nah. I'm going home. I'm going home. That's right. That's right. <laughs> see, when it get personal. <laughs> That's what it is. Praise God. Salvation is personal. They call Jesus a personal Savior. He don't save groups. He saves them one person at a time. Amen. Praise God. Because everybody don't call on the Lord at the same time. When I called him, I was by myself in my apartment on my knees. At 22 years old. It made choices I thought was going to make me happy. And all it did was produce hardship, trouble, and pain. I don't like hardship, trouble, and pain. I don't do well in that environment. But I knew that God would help me. And so I called on him and he completely changed my life. If you want his help, you got to get rid of everything that's false. You didn't think he was going to have to disconnect? That's what's wrong with people. You connected to the wrong vine and you won't let go of it. The vine can't hold you. You got to choose to be connected because you still believe that it can produce something. Well, you just stay a little while longer, just like I did. Until you find out what you really want in life, it can't produce. And the sad thing about it, it can take years. That's the sad thing about it. It can take years connected to something that is never going to produce. And it can hold your life up for years. And it can cost you your life. It really can. Cost you, how they say it, you're going to pay more than you want to pay, and you're going to end up staying longer than you want to stay. 
and it's going to cost you. But let me get what Jesus said. He said, I'm the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me. Jesus is promising a productive, fruitful life for everybody that will come to him. That's what he's promising. You can be connected to religion. And religion can promise you service to God or what. Religion is how you serve God. Salvation is what he does for you. So you can serve. Religion is serving him in your own strength. Being connected with God is serving him with power. Because he's blessed you. And he's empowered you for success. You're supposed to have a life of power. The husband man is the person that grooms the branch and the vine. It grooms it. So that when you look at it, it's just not growing wild. Amen. It's well landscaped. It's palatial. The husband man's job is to make it look good. That when everybody wants it, they wish that was their yard. They wish they, they live there. Amen. Praise God. God wants to groom your life so well. Yes, he does. He wants to groom your life so well that people look at your life and they want a part of your life. They want what you have. They want to look like you look. They want to be with you are. If you let Jesus groom you and let the Father groom you, praise God, you are going to go from glory to glory. Amen. And glory is a manifestation. You got to let him do that, his work in your life. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. That's interesting. I'm connected to the branch, but I'm not receiving from the branch. I'm not receiving from the vine. And I'm not producing. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purge it that it may bring forth more fruit. Sometimes you wonder where are people in your life, they've been cut off. Because they're not producers. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not disturbed by anybody. That's not in my life anymore. Come on now. I don't know if you're going to be able to handle this. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Now, I don't want a tree standing in the yard in my own house producing nothing. Amen. I, I got fruit trees in my yard. I got an apple tree. The apple tree ain't never produced nothing. <laughs> it's years that gone by. Now the, now, the peach trees, boy, I had some peaches this year for the first time. Boy, they were so sweet and delicious. Man, I can't wait till next year. But them apple trees, we're going to have to do something about them. Amen. He says right here, if I'm not producing fruit, it's going to be taken away. Jesus is working to move things out of your life. Amen. Don't get get mad. Come on now. Hallelujah. You're going to have to grow up and understand. I love what Miles Monroe said. 
He said, everybody can't stay in your life. Because when they get to the point they're not producing, they become weight. Amen. They become weight and weight can be strenuous. Yes, it can. Weight can put lines on your face. Amen. Praise God. Weight can put worry and lines on you that cost you your energy and cost you vitality and cost you years and strength and productivity. You better off lightening the load than keeping the weight. Amen. God works with everybody to be productive. It says right here. But every branch in me that beareth fruit, he purges it. Because if you can produce some fruit, you can produce more fruit. That means if Jesus had promoted you one time, he can promote you again and again. That if he's expanded you a little, you had one breakthrough. You had one manifestation. You had a little supernatural showing up. He said, I can work with that. I can cause that to expand. I can cause it to go to another level. That's what he said about Church on the Rock. From a small seed. Amen. Praise God. Shall grow a mighty tree. Come on now. God's got might planned for you. He's not talking about no building. When he was talking about a seed, he was talking about you. I'm going to bring you into another level of strength. You may not be recognizable right now. Praise God, your business may not be recognizable right now. Amen. Your career may not be recognizable right now. But I'm going to bring you into a whole new dimension of strength where you can't help but be seen. You can't help but be seen. The blessing can't help but expose you. That's what he said right here. I'm ready to take you to a known level. Amen. Brother Caleb said a new thing this morning, but you're going to have to believe that. You're going to get up in the morning and say, I want to thank you for purging me. I want to thank you for, hallelujah, increasing me. I want to thank you for work that you're doing in my life. I'm not supposed to be the same this time next year because of the purging, because of the alteration, because of the pruning that Father's doing in my life. I plan on being at a whole nother level next year this time. I ain't plan on being the same. I don't want people to look at me year after year after year. I'm the same. No, I'm supposed to go to another level and you are too. And it's happening, praise God. Because God is taking us there. Now look down here a little bit further. He said, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. People don't get mad at the word. I'm talking about the word that corrects you. I'm talking about the word that prone you. Don't get mad at the word that corrects you. Because what I'm going to get you. Let me help you right now. Let me help you before your word come. So you don't grab yourself and run out the door. Your word is coming. The word is going to correct you. Amen. But you shouldn't get mad at a word correction. The book of Hebrews said, I chastise them whom I love. When a child is not corrected, a child is hated. Uh, 
The Bible said every scripture is given by God for inspiration. By inspiration of God is for correction, reproof, instruction. Amen. So that the man of God can be thoroughly furnished and ready for the master's use. Amen. When God uses you, that means he's ready to expose you. He's ready for this generation to see you in the glory he puts on you. But everybody's got to get a word of correction before they get to that place. You don't run when you get it. He said no correction. None. I'm going to say it again. No correction is pleasant when it's given. But people like to shout and jump and have a good time at church. They don't want no correction. When there's no correction, all the word of God includes correction. And if there's never any correction, that means there's never any change. And you can deceive yourself in making you think you're going somewhere with God because I'm with a whole bunch ain't going nowhere. Everybody look the same. Everybody doing the same thing. Because everybody don't want a word of correction. And you can build a whole house up with that. You can build a whole congregation up with no correction at all. Because you're afraid of the response of the recipients. Even some people even have that kind of action going on in their home. Won't correct the children. I want you to know my mama corrected me. I'm talking about my mama. She's not here this morning, but that little woman that sits on that front row, that woman is a corrector. And she loved me very well. Yes, she did. Boy, we got it, and we seemed like we just kept getting it. It seemed like it was no end to getting it. I ain't going to tell you about all the times I got it, but I'm thinking about some right now, and I may need a break here in a minute. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But it helped me. Yes. It taught me respect. Yes. That's why I don't, I don't dishonor authority. That's right. Amen. It helped me. Amen. When God gives you his word, Amen. it is, he says, now you are clean through the word, which means I'm trying to move things out of your life. That's going to be a hindrance to your own production. Amen. I'm I'm going to purge you. It means purging means to take out everything that doesn't belong there. Take out all impurities that don't belong in your life. Purging means I got to get if I'm going to get you in prosperity. I got I got to purge you of every thought of poverty. I got to purge you of poverty. You can't prosper having poor thoughts mixed in with prosperity thoughts. You can't mix poverty thinking with blessing thinking. You can't mix healing thinking with sick thinking. You can't mix them together. It produces a, it produces a mingled heart. It produces a wavering heart. And when pressure comes on, you'll have a tendency to go back to poverty. When there's trouble in the economy, because those thoughts are still there, and you haven't really tested these new thoughts. 
these are untested. But you done lived over here in sickness and disease and poverty, so your mind will go right back over there. Even though you've been preached healing. So he said, I got to purge you. I got to get all that other thinking out so it's nothing left but the word of God. So you don't have nothing to live by except for what God said. And that's called a renewed mind. I've been working on renewing my mind since I was 22 years old. And I had to learn how to have unquestionable faith in God. I was talking to a man yesterday and he had a tragedy in his family. He said, I don't go to church no more. Because of this tragedy, I don't go to church no more. I said, oh, really? I said, I know that can be a hard place. I said, I stood in the graveyard. And it can zap you. Especially when it's somebody you loved. It can zap everything out of you that you thought you believed about God. It can make you not go to church anymore. When everybody else is praising God, it can make you quiet. When everybody's quoting scriptures, you don't want to hear it. It's designed to break you. So you'll never serve God the rest of your life. He stood there looking at me with tears in his eyes. Still breaking his heart to this very day. I said, I know what you're going through. I stood in the graveyard. But I had a good enough pastor to know it wasn't God's fault. I didn't know how to believe for intervention on that level. That's it. Whatever intervention you want God to have, you're going to have to believe for that dimension of intervention. You want walls to come down? You're going to have to believe for wall coming down intervention. You want seas to open up? You're going to have to believe for sea opening intervention. And the only way you can believe for that, you're going to have to let him purge you. You're going to have to let him purge you of all the other possible outcomes you think can happen. You're going to have to let him get visions of failure out of you. You're going to have to get, you're going to have to get visions of dying and losing out of you. And you're going to have to get visions of the power of the resurrection in you. You're going to have to get nothing that's too hard for God on the inside of you. You're going to have to learn how to turn everybody else's voice off and just live by God's word alone. I told him, I know what you did. You trusted God, but then when you got the doctor's report, it killed the faith you had. But the doctors told you, we done done all we can do. You act like that was God talking. That was a man talking. That was a man talking that was born through a womb just like you. Went to school just like you. Made some A's, made some B's, and some F's too. That was a man just like you. But over here, that was Jehovah, the creator of the entire universe. The mighty God of Israel. Nothing is too hard for me. You keep your eyes on Jesus when it's dark.
Bible said Abraham considered not his own body. You can't consider your body when you need healing. You can't consider what you're feeling, even though you're feeling it. You can't consider what other people are going through. You can't consider the you can't consider the blood. You can't consider the wounds. You can't consider nothing else. And I told him, I said, most believers don't know how to live like that. You got to have a good past to know how to live like that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. The Bible said, always be unmovable, unshakable, abounding in the work of the Lord. If somebody else can shake you and make you leave God, you ain't ready for the highest level. Paul said, I've gone through shipwrecks and I've been, I've been beaten and I've been whipped. I've been hungry, but I'm still standing. <laughs> but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. If things can move you, then the devil can steal the best God has for you. You got to get to a place that nothing can move me. People leaving me don't move me. People saying I can't do it don't move me. People saying they don't say they can do all they can do for me does not move me because God is on my side. And, and if God be for you, who can be against you? No, you got to let his word get in you. The Bible says faith comes by hearing what God said. That's what he's trying to get in you. He said, I've purged you with my word. I'm going to move unbelief out of you. I told him, I said, I told him, and I said, so you got to learn how to live without doubting God. It's a skill to that. And when you don't know how to live without doubting, you can fail right in the middle of a trial. I said, my pastor put me on a plane. I'm going to read this again. He said here, John chapter 15, verse 3. Now you are clean through the words which I have spoken to you. Who's talking to you? In your everyday life, who's talking to you? Who's, who's telling you like it T.I.E. is? Who you listening to? Clean means, Jesus said this about the devil. Satan has come. He don't have nothing in me. That's what Jesus said about Satan. He has no, he has no words in me. His schemes are not in me. There's nothing he's trying to do to destroy my life is in me. People have to do with the self-evaluation. What's in you? Am I with, am I with this group because I don't think it's another group? Well, I compromise. Amen. So you're going to do what I did. I left everybody. I left everything that wasn't shouting Jesus. I left everything that wasn't shouting, give him praise and glory. I left it all. You're looking at a man that walked away from it all. Friends, family, whatever it took for God's highest and best, I'll walk. That's why people can't handle me. 
Been with the same pastor 36 years. He can't offend me. Heaven gave him to me. God gave him through his word to that's your man of God. That's God's word. No, that's, that's, that's him. And it comes from heaven. John the Baptist had to ask about Jesus. Are you him or should we look for another? <laughs> he said, you stand back and watch this. Stand back and watch this. The blind eyes are open. People are raised from the dead. Limbs are growing out. People are being preached. The poor is having the gospel. I'm changing the destiny of the poor in spirit. Poor mentally. Poor financially. I'm changing people's lives, John. God is not connecting you to some place for you to stay the same. I'm not giving you a place to worship where you just stay the same all the time. Same mindset, same losing friends, same losing situation. I am going to purge you so you can produce fruit. I don't want it said that my word don't work. I don't want to say that my house has no power. I want to say there's no bomb in Gilead. I don't want to say there's no healing in the house of God. I don't want to say there's no power in the house of God. I'm going to parrot you. So you can bring forth some fruit. People need to know that God is a healer. I want healing fruit. I want increased fruit. I want deliverance fruit. I want way making fruit. I want God can do it fruit. I want way making fruit in you. I want people giving testimonies that cancer was trying to eat up my body. But Jesus with his stripes and by his stripes he's made me whole. I was going crazy but God had commanded deliverance for me. And I'm free right now in my right mind. He tried to take my family to hell but God poured out his spirit on my whole house. Deliverance has saved everything in it. Everything that moves is going to heaven. Everything that moves is filled with the Holy Ghost. God moved in my behalf. Gotta have some fruit. Gotta have some fruit. Gotta purge you. Talk about spiritual fruit. Gotta have some manifestations. Got to have some intervention. Things about ready to change for you. Said you're clean through the words I've spoken to you. You got to tape yourself. You know, if you're having sleep apnea, they put you to sleep and they monitor your sleep. They can tell when you had deep sleep, light sleep. Or if you couldn't sleep at all. <laughs> couldn't sleep at all last night. It's called sleep monitoring. I think sleep monitoring is not the monitoring we should be monitoring. We ought to be using word monitoring. I see how you talked all day. Did what came through your mouth 
Was it the word of God? Was it God's plan for your life? Or was it your plan? Come on. Because whatever you talking about, that's what you thinking about. And as a man thinketh, so is he. You can't be any bigger than the conversation that comes out of your mouth. God's trying to make you like him. And what makes you like God is his words. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And there was not anything made except the word made that thing. God is trying to give you some words to make something out of your life that looks like God. No, we need to do word monitoring. You need to get a tape recorder and just, it ain't, you ain't even got to go no, get nobody to do this for you. You ain't got to go pay, they ain't got to hook you up to nothing. You just go down and get your tape recorder and just hit play. Probably for the first hour, you ain't going to say nothing because you know it's on. And you'll probably say, praise him! <laughs> your trip. <laughs> Praise him. Won't he do it? Yeah! True. Oh, but then you got a phone call. <laughs> it's your first cousin. He done bought your car without your permission. And it's gone. Who told you? It's not how you talk when the sun is shining. It's how you talk when it's dark outside. Oh, don't let Bay call you. You invite me where? Will you invite me where? You heard me. In the corner. In the booth. In the dark. Then you need to bring it in to me, your recorder in, and let's hit play. Because your words set the course for your destiny. I told that man, I said, to, I told him, I said, when your faith peaks and then it dips and then it peaks, you hear the word, it peaks. You hear bad report, it dips. You hear the word, it peaks. You hear the bad report, it dips. If your reaction is changing like that, that's called unbelief. And you can't get God to intervene on that graph. But if you got that faith that just stays constant, you, you got that faith that just stays constant. 
you're getting ready to produce fruit in such abundance yes. that people are going to stand in awe of your life yes. and you're going to be able to help people to develop faith. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's look what this is right here. Now look what this verse 4. John chapter 15, verse 4. Now he's telling you how to have unshakable faith. Yes. First thing I got to do is purge you. See, now, that's a class by itself. Most Christians belong in the purging class. <laughs> and the purging class is not like, God's purging class is not like public school, no child left behind. They just keep moving you along. <laughs> Just throw some kind of grade on a piece of paper and just move you along. God will not move you out of the purging class until you pass. Right. Right. Amen. So you could really be a, supposed to be a senior, but you're still in the first grade purging class. You're bigger than everybody. You're taller than everybody. You do get picked on the playground first because you bring your team the advantage. But you stay in that class. Tell you pass the. He said, "I need you clean, so I can produce fruit in you." And what I found after pastoring twenty three years, people want to keep the stuff they got from the world, bring it into the church, and want that to be acceptable. Well, welcome to Church on the Rock. Hallelujah. The Persian capital. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I just want fruit. I want fruit. You know what my you know my job description. Let me tell you what my job description is. You know what my job description is? It's in Jeremiah chapter 3. Let's go there. Why not? You're here. I'm so glad y'all came this morning. Did get in the Titans game line and with the rest of the heathens and Drank beer and throw popcorn. I'm glad you came to get the word of God so you can so something can happen in your life. Amen. You can watch the game on tape delay. That's right. Matter of fact, go to YouTube and watch the highlights. You can watch the whole game in 15 minutes. Say you a bunch of time. You can take him other three hours and watch. Because the rest of the game, another misplays. Somebody got one, two yards, got tackled. You can watch the highlights in 15 minutes and watch the whole game. And look how much more time you have to let God purge you. You can watch the highlights and just look to have purge me, Jesus. <laughs> All right, moving right along. <laughs> All right. Jeremiah 3.15, he said, I will give you pastors, and that's what pastors empty and I. Notice God said, I'm going to give them to you. According to my heart. Well, that means they got to have the word. They got to have the word. Praise God on tap. Which shall feed you. They didn't say I was going to entertain you. I'm going to feed you. Feeding can be a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about at home in your house. Watching children eat vegetables. Have you ever watched them? They say vegetables are nasty. 
But they say ice cream is yummy. See, a carnal church just wants the pastor to serve ice cream. I'm preaching real good right now. People love ice cream churches. Yes, they do. And if your child had a choice between ice cream and broccoli, I don't know, it's, about, it's something about kids. I didn't, like, I didn't like vegetables that much growing up. But I love candy and I love going out and trick-or-treating and getting a big bag of candy and just sit there and eat it all in one setting. I never did that to broccoli. I never went out and got a big bag of broccoli. Just, We're going to do this. I never did that. Some of you haven't even done it yet. <laughs> Well, this is almost a broccoli church. Yeah. Every now and then, yeah. we get some key lime pie, some like real sliver little pita pizza. <laughs> I hated going to the country with my mama. I don't know why I'm going over all this. Because she would not, she would ration the food out. This ain't her house. This is Granny's house. But she would ration out the food at Granny's house. Didn't she, Daryl? And she would say, they had plenty. <laughs> Who is they? You might have had plenty. <laughs> but I love to go to my other Granny's house. Boy, the sky was the limits there. Yes, There'd be a big old tub of drinks out there, yes. sitting in ice. You could just go up to the tub, pick one out, yes. and just drink all day. <laughs> and Mama would say something. That's enough. And then Granny would speak up. Blanche, let them eat. Yes. And I turned to Mama. Blanche, let us eat. <laughs> Every place is not the same. <laughs> I, love, I love daddy's granny. Blanche, let them eat. All right. I'm going to give you pastors according to my heart. Which shall feed you with entertainment and excitement. When it's entertainment, they can't, can't you hear the devil? When it's entertainment and excitement, pastor, let them eat. Let them eat entertainment and excitement. He says, no, I'm going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And then I found out the reason why I was in that graveyard was because of some knowledge and understanding I didn't have. And Dr. Jacobs, he put me on a plane and took me to Texas. I didn't even know where I was going. That is Fort Worth. And I sit and listen to Kenneth Copeland preach on the blood covenant. I didn't even know my Bible was a covenant. It was even a revelation. I don't even know if Dr. Jacobs had it. But he still put me on the plane. 
I'm going to give you pastors. They're going to put you in, either give you the word or put you in the presence of the word. Amen. I found out, I said, I told the man, I said, come up and stand with me, Caleb. But Caleb be God. <laughs> he loves that part already. God gives you his word. Mm -hmm. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's right. Which means I will not back out on you right. when the sun is shining or when it's not shining. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What this Bible teaches you, and I have to get into it. Is when you're in faith, you're standing with God. He's taking your hand. Now, if, when he's with you like this, nothing shall be impossible to the believer. Amen. Nothing. Amen. I don't care what doctor report you've got. But if the doctor's report comes, and at that moment you release God's hand, the reason why you released it is because of what you just heard. That is. That's why the Bible said in this world there are many voices. And none without significance. They are voices designed to cause you to turn loose of God's hand. Because I ain't got to it yet. Without me you can do nothing. You just stepped over in the stage of nothingness because of what you just heard. And I said, when you do that, now there's no intercession for your loved one. See, I got to get all kind of calls. So I can't play church with nobody. Because I'm not going to tell you we never know what the Lord is going to do. Right. If it be thy will. I'm not that kind of preacher. Hallelujah. I'm that kind. He always causes us yeah. to triumph in Christ yeah. Jesus. I don't have no excuses for God. None. I don't have none. Come on. When you're in faith, you're holding his hand because when you take his word, you take him. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. So when you're holding his words, you're holding him. The only thing that can stop you from holding his hand is a word that can convince you. That's good. And then he admitted to his man, he said, when I got the bad report, I turned loose. You have to understand what this Bible says. It's a covenant and God's bound himself. He said, if a man doubts me, don't let that man think he'll receive anything from me because he just said I'm a liar. And why would God have to say in his own Bible, I'm not a man that I should lie. That is impossible for God to lie. I said, I did the same thing you did. And I found myself standing in the graveyard. 
So the only thing I didn't do, I didn't quit going to church. I didn't feel like going. When we sang the songs this morning, I sang them. I didn't even feel like singing. But I had enough knowledge in me to know and understand. I said, God, is not your fault. But it still hurts. Yeah. That's good. Then that conference... Just in a nutshell, real quick. He said, Keith, he said, you shouldn't have turned loose of my hand. He said, I had your back all the way. You shouldn't have let those reports cause you to turn loose of my hand. And this is what I learned. He said, if, if you stand here and I turn the loose of your hand and back out and leave you standing there. The Bible says I will have to destroy myself. He said, that's the agreement I made with you so that you would never question my word. Yes. Thank you. He, he said, and let that truth anchor your soul for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. If one jot or till of my word failed to come to be, heaven and earth would pass away. It'd be over when you'd be gone. And that's the deal I made with you to anchor your faith. So whatever I tell you, I got you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I walked out of that building that night. I was so deep in the spirit, I couldn't even feel my own body. I never had that experience before. I couldn't even talk to people. It affected everybody that was in that room. Everybody came out of there different. We was in a room with one preacher. He said, I was so backslidden. He came to me the next day. I was so backslidden. But the night we got out of the meeting, he went out on the balcony. He started kicking and beating the walls and yelling. He just lost it. Screaming and hollering and banging and beating the furniture out there on the back. He's going to get us all locked up. <laughs> I said, man, why don't you do that? He said, I was so backslidden. And I was a pastor and I didn't even know how backslidden I was. Sliding back can be so slight. You don't know how. You, you think you're worshiping God and you don't even know how far you go. Because the devil is so slick with backsliding. He starts, backsliding starts one word at a time. They don't take all of that. Why you got to do all that? That church down there where you go to. Hey, somebody, somebody said it. They think they're so smart down there. They always down there teaching the word. <laughs> they hang from the rafters at their church and swinging like monkeys and jumping and hollering. And then let a little pressure come, their whole place fold. Shut the whole church down. That's what they did. I don't play Corona games with you. It said no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. I ain't playing with nobody up in here. It said no plague shall come nigh my I fully expect that's what he does. And this is the attitude. 
attitude you gotta have, the just shall live by faith. Or the just shall live with this bold attitude that the mountains will come down, valleys will come up, seas will open, walls will come down. Because there's nothing too high for my God. I'm gonna hold you in the hollow of my hands, and no devil in hell can pluck you out. That's book. Book. I'm cleaning you so there's nothing in you but book. I'm going to purge you so there's nothing so that you will know that by no other name, no other name under heaven and earth whereby men might be saved except for the name of Jesus and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You ought to go in every room in your house and just holler Jesus when you get home. So that anything walk in your house got to get delivered. Can't walk in here and not get delivered. You see, you think I'm playing, don't you? No, sir. No, sir. 1 Corinthians 14 said God should be so thick in here. 1 Corinthians 14 said God should be so thick in a church that if an unbeliever walked in here, they'd fall on their knees and say, God is in this place. Yes. But you got to purge the church so much. The Bible said if we all prophesy, but we all got to prophesy for that to happen. Everybody got to be a believer in here. Can't have somebody just half cocked looking off like I ain't even preaching about it. You ain't giving a word up somebody. Else. The devil just got them in the days. Yeah. Right, right. And then let the emergency start. Right, right, right. Oh, come on. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Your emergency come. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's good. He said they'd fall on their knees and say, God is in this place. Mm-hmm. Well, if it can happen at church, why can't it happen at your house? Amen. Amen. So this is what it's like. Huh. I don't care what it feels like. Yeah, come on. I don't care what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what the doctor sees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care what anybody uh, sees. Uh, 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 uh. I'm staying right that's here right, with that's you. Right, that's right. Even Job said, I'm going to stand right here till my change comes. Right, right. <laughs> the Bible said, weeping may endure for a night. Yeah, yeah. So change is joy got to come. Yeah. If I keep holding here, joy has got to come. The saints used to sing the storm is passing over. Yeah. I'm talking about the old saints. I got, the, I got that old time religion. The storm is passing over. Yeah. Even the saints knew that trouble can't last always. Yeah. Wind can't keep blowing. But if you just keep holding on to the master's hand, I believe you over what they said. I believe you over my darkness. I believe you over what they said. I believe you over my credit report. 
I believe you, praise God, over what my children are doing. I believe your word, praise God. Don't matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. I believe you over that blood. I believe you over that darkness. I am standing with the way maker. I'm standing with the one that's nothing too hard for him. I am not turning a loose of your hand. By the stripes of Jesus, I ain't trying to get healed. I am already here. He's my keeper. He's my way maker. I'm standing still until I see the salvation of God. I'm standing right here. Going back to see. Come out of that building at night, I couldn't even feel my own body. He said, Keith, I was I was with you. I was with you. Why did you back out on me? That's what Jesus told Peter in the on the red yeah, stand yeah. walking on the sea. He said, Why did you why did you doubt me? Ain't nobody supposed to be walking on water. Ain't nobody supposed to be in a storm. But if you get intervention, if you get intervention, nothing shall be impossible for those whom God intervened in your situation. And he will ask you in the hardest place it could possibly be, why did you doubt me? Why? I want to know why you doubted me. Explain to me. And you will have no explanation. Peter, you ain't got an explanation. Give me your hand. And the Bible said they walked back to the boat together. Yes, it did. You are water walker after yeah. all. Yeah. As long as you let me Amen. walk with you. Yeah. 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 Amen. That's good. Hallelujah. This is what he said. Thank you, I'm going to give you pastors according to my heart. They shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. If you let them feed you, it shall come to pass. Somebody say it's going to happen for me. Somebody say it shall happen for me. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It shall come into reality that you'll be able to touch it and feel it and see it. It shall come to pass. That means a real church is a church of manifestations. Yes. Come to pass means it doesn't exist right now. Right. But it's coming. Yes. In the manifestation. Yes. You'll be able to see it. You'll be able to touch it. Mm-hmm. It's coming to pass. Amen. You find the word in here, God said, I'll bring it to pass. That's right. This is what it said right here. All right. And it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increased. In the land. So what does that tell me as a pastor? That if I do my job, people are going to increase. Yes. Yes. We're going to have no fruitless church. But first we've got to get through the Persian word. Persian means you got to change. 
Yes. I changed. I told Pastor Cynthia this morning. <clears throat> she does a teaching on the ladder. Stand up here, the ladder. Stand up here. What's the ladder? Get on up here because you had the ladder. You. Now come on up here. This ladder. The ladder first started with touching hands. Sight. Sight, okay. Out of eye contact. Out of eye contact. Next thing the ladder is what? Touching hands. Touching hands. You're going to the booth. <laughs> Touching. Touch then it's shoulders. shoulders. <laughs> then it's <laughs> then it's lips. <laughs> then it's in the corner in the booth in the dark. I've been there too. It's a ladder that leads to the bed, a bunk bed. Mm -hmm. It's a ladder. So when we was dating, I had to tell Pastor take your ladder <laughs> and go home. You can carry and walk down there. I had to tell y'all, take a ladder, go home, baby. Go on and take your ladder home. Because I want to go all the way with God. I got 100. I know how to do 100. 100. What am I trying to tell you this morning? This is a 100 church. But come back. Then I realized she loved Jesus. God ain't trying to keep nothing from you. He's not trying to keep nothing from you. He wants the best for you. We had to do it his way. Not, we had to do it according to his word. If you want it to last, if you want it to last, do it his way. You're looking at a man that's done it two ways, wrong and right. And I don't mind telling you that mm -hmm. because I want you to win. Mm -hmm. Okay, Pooh, I'll see you later on this evening. <laughs> he said, I want you multiplied and increase. So we measure increase at this church. That's right. That's right. The greatest thing that happens in my life when somebody gives me a testimony about what God has done in their life as they passed that's my greatest. That lets me know my mantle is producing fruit. Amen. Multiplication and increase. Amen. Things are happening for us. Amen. Amen. Now turn back over to John 15. I got to stop right here. I gone on long. What time is it? Y'all going to miss the kickoff, aren't you? <laughs> Praise God. 
Let me get them out of here before they start stoning me because they missed the kickoff. Stoning them. If you abide in me and I abide in you, as a branch can now by fruit of itself, except you abide in me, no more can no more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I am him, the same shall bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Those years we were together the wrong way, we did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if I hadn't changed, she hadn't changed, this would not even exist. You can't be in two places at the same time. You can't be in the blessing and disobedience don't produce the same environments. It's two different roads. And I want people in this church that I pastor, I, I want multiplication and increase in your life because that's what my mantle is designed for. It will not help people that won't do the word. Because my job is knowledge and understanding of God's will. And the byproduct of that is multiplication and increase for you and your whole family. And I will not spend my tenure as pastor compromising this manifestation. Because this is fruit. This is fruit. I know what it means. I know what it's like to be young. And to be in dating and all kinds of things like that. I understand that. But I know what it's like to be young and doing it God's way too. And being young and doing it God's way is better than being young and doing it the world's way. I got a witness. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, that he does another word instead of mine. He is cast forth as a branch. There's been a lot of casting forth in this church. I'm just telling you that. Because some people don't want to do it God's way. They want to do it the way they want to do it. And then finally when the word comes to them, they sit here long enough till the word comes to them. And then their day comes. They, and sometimes they tested the word. They already knew better. And then I'd rather you just tell the truth than lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't like me at their church. I didn't just like you. I loved you mm-hmm. and fed you the word. That's right. And I was there every time you needed me for counseling. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Yeah. No, you're just doing something else right now. Yeah. And we know it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. That's why you got purged. <laughs> and don't let anybody ever tell you anything different. Mm-hmm. You better come talk to me first. That's right. Amen. Amen. And they will go and fail because there's no blessing in fornication. 
Bible said Esau was a fornicator. And God said, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. I hated that fornicator. That's book. Why? Because he lived selfishly for himself yes. and he would do nothing to move the kingdom forward. That's right. And all the sin of fornication is you don't fornicate for anybody but you. That's true. Yeah. That's it. You don't say, you know what? Could you do a little fornicating for me? I don't want to get in I don't want to get in trouble. I want to keep my blessing. So could you Moving right along. They never like me. You're a liar. I'll speak to everybody who comes in this church. Not one person comes in this church. And I don't love on you. Not one. Either her or either. Because we remember the day we walked through church on the rock in Indiana. We had no family in the city at all. I'll never forget to how those people loved on me. And if you don't love on people that come here, I got a problem. I got a problem with you. You better know I do. Because you've been here entering at the time, you know my heart. I'll never forget how those people treated me. I was just 24 years old and I walked in. They didn't even know I was going to be a pastor. They loved on me, and Dr. Jacobs took me on his arm and trained me. I can never get that out of me. It mocked me. So when people come to this church, I'm the first one trying to get to them. But you know what? Dr. Jacobs wasn't the first one that came to me. It was the people in the church. They convinced me that the love of God was real there. And that is your number one assignment in this church is how you treat people. Yes. So when somebody goes and lies and says they didn't like my whatever, no, I wanted you out of the bed with him to save your life. That's what I wanted. If a man, he's cast forth, that's why I got on that. You can get cast forth, and they are burned. <clears throat> to be cast out means to get burned. Going to wither, whatever anointing you did have, it's over with now, and get ready for burning. And it's a sad thing to watch in people's life. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. Yes. Come on, man. Come on. What you want? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Now we, we got to what you want. Right. It took me a minute to get there. What you want? And I'm purged. I'm purged you. Cleanse you. We didn't cast you forth. You still here. Now what you want? What you want? Come on. Amen. What do you want? Whatever you want, He'll provide it. There's nothing. 
No house, no car, no health, no peace, no joy, nothing. Because I bless you with every blessing. Every possible blessing that you could be blessed with, I've given it to you. And I just decided I want the highway in life. Just lift your hands to heaven.